you've got to keep the message the same and the same promise throughout the funnel. And the easiest way to do that is just to splinter apart larger products into smaller pieces and just sort of position them in the places that they make sense. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Welcome to episode nine of Perpetual Traffic. Ralph couldn't make it on today, but we have a special guest that I know you're going to love. On the last couple episodes, we walked you through how to find the perfect traffic platform for your business. And then once you really know where your audience is hiding out, we walk you through on the next episode, episode eight, how to find your perfect audience. Okay, and on today's show, we're gonna show you how to create the perfect epic content to place in front of that perfect target audience so you can tap into the amazing targeting capabilities of some of these social platforms like Facebook. Okay, back on episode five, which was part two of our three-part series with Betty Rocker, we actually talked about creating epic goodwill content. And inside her Facebook reporting, she's generating literally sales every single day from people who had initially read that epic content. But what we talked about was it's not just about creating content. The most important factor in this whole process is creating content that will indoctrinate people the right way, okay, and move them into loving your brand and then, of course, eventually taking action and becoming a lead or becoming a customer. And we couldn't think of anybody better to teach you exactly how to do this. Russ Henneberry is the special guest today. So, hey, Russ, how you doing, buddy? Good. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. And we got Molly. How are you doing, Molly? Hey, doing well. Happy to talk to you guys again. All right. All right. I'm going to let Molly do the intro since she she's works with Russ over at Digital Marketer. But basically, Russ, you know, prior to taking Digital Marketer from like zero to 200 plus thousand visitors a month or something like that, Molly knows the numbers, but he was working at Salesforce.com, Crazy Egg, Network Solutions. Okay. These are high level companies. So he brought some amazing experience to Digital Marketer. And Molly, I'm just going to let you kind of intro because you can do it better than I can. Yeah, absolutely. Russ is uh, Russ is our editorial director here at Digital Marketer, and we all say that that DM really started when when we brought Russ on board, um, and we absolutely mean that. So Russ is in charge of creating all of our content across the board. So whether you know it's the free content you see on the blog, uh, the execution plans inside of Lab, he's on all of the weekly trainings um, that we hold for Digital Marketer Lab members, and then of course. Of course, um, he oversees the production of our certifications and our products. And most importantly, you know, he's really taken um, our traffic from from zero to 200,000 unique visitors a month. And, and those are targeted visitors that spend time on the blog, reading our content and, you know, actually opting in and buying stuff. Uh, so that's really the theme of the next two episodes. Um, you know, we talk a lot about this traffic system and how you have to first send traffic to content and, uh, you know, give value to build the relationship with, uh, with these prospects. Um, and all of that is done, you know, through blog posts or, or videos. Uh, but you can't just put, you know, crap on your blog, right? Um, you have to produce really good pieces of content that 
that that give that that you know great first impression and the content also has to you know have calls to actions and you know really tell them what to do next so that you can really get that person through your marketing funnel so happy to have Russ on today he has a six step plan for creating you know these awesome pieces of content um, you know for you guys and again you you can't separate paid traffic and content marketing any longer. And that's uh, what Russ and I have been talking a lot about recently. So happy to have you on, Russ. I'm blushing. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to be here and very excited to talk about this uh, six-step process. You know, one of the biggest frustrations that I've had over the past couple of years is trying to get some of our clients, uh, not only agency clients, but, but coaching clients to execute on this strategy, okay, of, of really creating content and, you know, we call it, we called it ungated content on some of the first episodes when we were teaching this stuff to you. And it's been really difficult because a lot of people see this strategy as just a pure long-term play and they see blogging as just, you know, can't make an ROI on it. It doesn't make any sense. Everybody wants to know that lead cost and it's all about the lead cost, it's all about the lead cost. And Russ, I'm so glad you're on today because we see it every day. I mean, we see the reporting. Um, we see how you can literally spend $100 on Facebook and get 200 back by using epic content. No, it's not the only thing in the funnel, okay? If you're going to use content, you've got to have some other campaigns where you're, where you're doing lead gen to, you know, to these warmed up visitors and, and stuff like that. But the point is, is that it does work, but it has to be done right. It absolutely has to be done right. So please, please pay attention. Russ has a six-step process that he could probably charge a lot of money for, and he's delivering this to you for free. So please take notes, take mental notes, and implement because this will work for you if you implement. Yes. And, and we know this is a big barrier to entry for a lot of you all who think, you know, I'm not a writer. I don't know what to say. Um, you know, I can't run cold traffic to content because I just don't know how to create it. So that's why Russ is here and really to just distill this all down um, into six simple steps for you guys uh, so that you can create epic content uh, that generates leads and sales. Yeah. And Molly, you've done that presentation. You did it at Traffic Conversion last year. You've done some webinars in Digital Marketer Labs about this. You had a, a certain cost per lead that people were coming in when they went directly to a lead magnet um, compared to when they were, you know, quote unquote, pixeled first by, by being indoctrinated by content. And the ROI, you ended up getting a about the same net cost per lead once they read the content first. Yeah, even though we were paying for the click to the content, right? And yep. that's that's all in episode two. So this works. We've tested it, and not only you know is the cost the same in terms of cost per lead or cost per acquisition, you are building that relationship uh, by by sending them to content first. Yep, and then your of course your conversions, your sales conversions were I think thirty some percent higher with the content, but. It wasn't just because they went out and, you know, they, they created a 650 word post and, and amplified it. You've got to do it the way Russ is going to explain it today. And that's the key. So, Russ, let's get right into it, buddy. All right. So, you know, let me start out by saying, you know, I know that this is a huge barrier for people that are listening to Perpetual Traffic podcasts and talking about, you know, how do you actually go out and make content happen? So the first step in this a six-step process is that you, you want to start with the end in mind. 
you know you're going to be using a piece of content as the front end of a funnel, or in other words, the, the, the destination where you're going to be sending your paid traffic, you want to start with a blank screen in front of you, um, you know, open your WordPress or open up a Word doc or something like that, and just type one thing on that paper or, or, or on that page or in that WordPress edit post screen. And that is, what is the call to action? So start with the call to action because you're going to work backward from there. So, you know, you eventually are going to want them to take some sort of an action. And this isn't how all blogging is done, by the way, but I love this. Yeah. When you're doing this as, as a front end of a funnel, you want to start with typing out just one sentence, like click here to do whatever, download a lead magnet or buy this product or uh, learn more about this or right. Whatever your goal is. Yeah. Take this survey, whatever you're trying to do to to make them take the next step towards the goal of eventually becoming a customer, type that out first and then start working backwards. You know, what are the points of belief that you need to hit? So for example, we have a flagship product at Digital Marketer called The Machine, which teaches you how to set up this big email marketing program. And one of the things I needed people to believe in order to entertain the idea of buying the machine or even learning more about it was that you didn't need a giant email list to be on the machine. So I created a piece of content that addressed that. Well, this isn't a low price product either. This is a, what, a $2,000 product in the end? Right. This is a $2,000 product. And this particular post was just there to raise awareness for it. We didn't expect a lot of you know, direct clicks over to the, to the machine and people buying a $2,000 product. But this is why Molly and I work, you know, sort of in lockstep all, all day long on, you know, what kind of content is needed and what's the purpose of it. So at some points, Molly will ask me like, what do we have or what could we create that would raise awareness for X or drive leads into Y? Well, and if we have a traffic campaign that we, we know that we're planning and we're going to execute, Russ is a big part of planning that traffic campaign because I need that piece of content to run the cold traffic to. And again, if you don't understand what we're talking about in terms of traffic temperature, definitely go back to episodes one, two, and three. You see how the content marketing and the, the paid traffic are becoming one. You know, Russ and I work together all day long, constantly chatting on HipChat because I can't do my job without him and, and vice versa. So, you know, if we have... Uh, an end goal, you know, we want to sell this paid traffic certification, or we want to, you know, get people into our, our DM lab membership. And that starts with a lead magnet about Facebook ads. Maybe we're asking people to download, um, you know, Facebook ad templates, then we need a piece of content um, that that really teases that subject. So you guys see how important this is, and, and really how the two are working together. Yeah. So part of it, you know, at the beginning, when you're planning this content in the beginning stages, you know what you want them to eventually do. Now you need to figure out, you know, what are those points of belief? What are the objections, you know, that you need to be able to address? And you want to wrap all this up into content. So, you know, another example would be, uh, I love using this growing tomatoes example for some reason. If you're, if you're trying to sell somebody on a system for selling big red luscious tomatoes in their garden and, and, and you know that one of their points of belief is that they need to believe that they can actually 
grow those tomatoes in that in in their climate or wherever they are in the country or world, you know, that may be one of the points of belief that you want to address in your content. So teach them like where, you know, these tomatoes can grow and so forth as part of the content. So you're you're actually overcoming objections and addressing those points of belief in the content. Now the second thing you want to be doing when you're planning in step one here is how can you raise problem awareness? If you're trying to sell, for example, that email marketing program that we talked about, um, how can you make somebody aware in, in your content that there is a problem? Because most of the time, what we're doing with this, with this front-end content a lot is just raising awareness for something that exists. And towards the end, that call to action is going to make them solution aware. In other words, they're going to know that, they're, that you have a solution for it. But the first right. thing you have to be able to do in that piece of content is make them problem aware. So you know what, what is the problem that you're solving and how can you bring that in and really sort of get them pacing back and forth and sort of saying, yes, I have this problem and shaking their head up and down. Um, you want to look at your content as a, a vehicle for making them problem aware so that you can eventually make them solution aware with your calls to action. Well, especially like if you go back to like episode seven, when we were trying to figure out what's the best traffic platform, uh, a lot of you listening out there might have a business where 70 or 80% of your traffic is search-based, intent-based traffic, and that's where you want to spend the majority of your time or money maybe. However, that being said, Facebook, you know, Twitter, Instagram, all these different social networks where you can reach a much wider audience with the use of targeting, but people that might not be at that point, laying awake at night, thinking about that problem and, and, and doing a, an active search, right? Typically, only 5 or 10% of that whole entire market is actively intent-based searching for, for a product or solution. So this is where this type of thing can come in. And you can take somebody from being unaware to, to aware to, to hungry. Now, that's for, for people in, in those types of markets. Of course, if you have a, a market where you're actually spending, you know, 78 or 80% of your budget in Facebook as it is, this still works because there's always those people that just need more warming up, period. No, I mean, a great example of this is, you know, Molly and I had the task of selling a certification in content marketing, right? So this product is a $500 product when it's discounted and it's actually a $1,000 product. So... Um, how do we get somebody from cold and out of someplace like Facebook and get them all the way out to where they're spending $1,000 to learn content marketing, you know, in a certification program, starting with a blog post? Right. Russ, that's a great example because that also shows, you know, qualifying your audience. Your content should speak to the, you know, ideal prospect, the the person who's actually going to buy make sure you're qualifying your audience through the content. Russ is about to talk about a piece of content that, that he created um, that, you know, eventually sold a certification and just really listen to how the piece of content speaks to the person who would buy a certification. Yeah. I mean, eventually, so we, you know, we're looking at how do we attract these folks that want certifications? And so we looked at what are the different things that we could create that a person that has uh, this particular problem what would they want? So we we created a piece of content called how to hire a content marketing manager. And, you know, that that piece of content was something that Molly then went out and broadcasts 
all over the different traffic channels that we use to attract in our, our exact, you know, avatar, the exact person that we were looking to buy that certification. Right. Uh, you know, someone who's looking to train their employees. So notice that the content isn't just how to do good with content marketing, right? It's not this broad topic. It's very specific. It's, you know, right. how to hire a content marketer. It's, it's speaking to the person that, that would buy the product. Yeah. And I mean, that segues exactly into the next thing you want to be thinking about in this first step, which is how can you be useful but incomplete. So you don't want the blog post to contain what is actually ultimately in the product that you're selling. And, and for a lot of you that are selling physical products or services and things like that, that won't matter. But if you are selling information products, you got to be careful about where you draw the line between your ungated, gated, and ultimately paid content. So look for ways to be useful, but incomplete with your content. So yeah, we will show you literally A to Z how to hire a content marketing manager in that blog post. And it's all there standalone. There's standalone value there where, you know, somebody could actually read that post and do the task that the post promises in the headline. It's not a little bait and switch where it's like, well, we'll tell you a little bit about it and then you got to go buy this thing. No, I'm going to teach you exactly how to hire a content marketing manager, but that's useful. But guess what? There's a whole lot more that that we've got in store for you if you ascend up the ladder, if you will, and go ahead and become somebody that is content marketing certified. So very important there. We're not, it's not a bait and switch. The how to right. hire a content marketing manager, we'll put that in the show notes. It's a great post. It's long, it's informative, it's incredibly useful. And, and it segues into the certification, but we're still giving incredible value on the front. Uh, there's nothing, you know, left sort of uh, unmended there, right? Well, exactly. Just like the example we talked about with Betty Rocker, where we talked about her ad going to a five-step food prep and recipe guide. Okay. And that exactly. is an epic 3,300 word post and it's five-step food prep. And she gives all this amazing content away, but it's only, I believe like a three-day period. Okay. And for them, the obvious next step is to get the 30-day meal plan, which is her product that she wants people to go to. So she shows basically sample days of three days of what she ate and maps out everything. But then you might as well get the 30-day meal plan. It's the same thing. You're not like leaving people, you're not uh, bait and switch, but you're giving them part of the solution. Well, this is something that Ryan Dice always calls the little victory. So you're looking to give them mm. a, a little victory, right? Move them forward some and give them value in advance so that they understand like, wow, if, they, if this is what the person is putting out here on the front end, ungated, it's just for everybody. What is behind this, this opt-in form to get this, this next thing? And what's in the paid stuff for crying out loud? So the last thing to be thinking about in step one is how can you just flat out wow them with this front end piece of content? So um, sounds really sort of like a soft type metric, but to, to be talking about, but here's my rule. Okay. When you're creating something, especially when it's got to be good and on the front end of a funnel, you want to take something that you're like, okay, this is done. This is good. And then spend two more hours on it. Okay. So spend two more hours on that piece of content. Once you're at a point where you're like, this is good and go in there and do something like add a custom image or an infographic or a downloadable resource or a flow chart or a calculator or something that takes that post from good to great. 
Okay, so for example, with that post on how to hire a content marketing manager, after I thought it was done and I went back and added my mandatory two more hours on it, okay, which sounds totally arbitrary, but it's where I'm at in, in my career is, is that, you know, I've got plenty of other things to do. I can't spend another 24 hours on it, but I can go and put another couple of oomphs into it. And so for this one, what I did was I went out and I found uh, salary information and included a bunch of information on salaries and stuff like that for content marketing roles. And then I went and I wrote out for the rest of my two hours, I went and wrote out a bunch of interview questions that you could use when you're hiring a content marketing manager. And that took the post from good to great. So for example, for the Betty Rocker post, you know, one way to do that would just be to, to make a couple of recipe cards and just make them a downloadable resource. And I think she did have some fanciness in there. And that's, that's what I'm talking about is to take, take that post and think about it for a while and say, say how do I take this to really the, to the next level? I love it. I love it. And also those, those images are great for sharing too. Yep. So that, that really helps with virality. I love it. Already, geez Louise, we're only at step one. You've already given so many freaking knowledge bombs. This is like, I, I'm guaranteed <laughs> you're out there thinking right now. I've already just, just by taking like your first tip, what's the call to action starting from there? It's, I think, game changing for people. So, yeah, well, because a lot of people will start to write and then they're like, how do I start finagling my way back to the call to action? And it's like, no, you start there. Step two. All right. So step two, consider a splinter. All right. So step one, begin with the end in mind. Step two, consider a splinter. Okay. So one of the things that we talk about a lot at, at Digital Marketer is splintering, especially if you're selling information products. This is a no brainer way of finding what kind of content you want to be creating in the early planning stages, which is to say that you want to take wherever they're eventually going to be, you know, in the ideal situation, whatever wherever they want, you want them to buy further on down the line. Think about what are the benefits of that thing? What are the different components of it? And find a little something you can pluck out of it. All right. So the how to hire a content marketing manager post that is splintered out on the front end of, of the content marketing certification is actually part of the content marketing certification. So this does a couple of things. One is it makes it really easy for me to transition the conversation from, hey, like you were interested in this, how to hire a content marketing manager. How about you try the, the content marketing certification? Because in, in essence, the promise and the benefit is congruent across the funnel. All right. So, and this is what one of the things that we do consistently across everything that we sell uh, information-wise at Digital Marketer is we take big, big, large uh, pieces of, of product and then we pull different parts of it that can stand alone and we sell it out on the front end for lower price points to get people in the door. And we even take another little piece of that and we make it into something that's completely free. You know, we call it a lead magnet that they can opt in for. And now we even take another little chunk and put it out ungated on the blog. Yeah, we've added another step to the splintering 
because of this new traffic system that that we've developed over the past year. And I, I think it's so cool, Russ. Um, and like I said, it's another reason that we work so closely together. Um, you know, I can't run a traffic campaign without a piece of content now. So that piece of content is simply splintering from the lead magnet, just like the lead magnet splinters from the tripwire, you know, down the funnel. Um, just like so, the tripwire splintered from the core offer. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's just another step. It's another another splinter, it is the entry point. And even if you think about it, you know, the ad is splintered from the piece of content. And and our social media updates are splintered from the blog post as well. So, and the, and the reason for all that is to keep the discussion, the benefit, the, the promise the same across all offers that are in that funnel. Because it's very difficult to sell somebody something like, if I'm sitting here talking to you about growing big red luscious tomatoes. And then the next thing I start talking about is, well, you know, how about, you know, how are your cucumbers doing? And it's like, well, I was interested in the tomatoes. That's how I came in here. And now you switched up the the conversation talking to me about cucumbers. So you've got to keep the message the, the same and the same promise throughout the funnel. And the way that we do that, the easiest way to do that is just to splinter apart larger products into smaller pieces uh, and, and just sort of position them in the places that they make sense. Oh, this is a good blog post idea. This is a good lead magnet. This is a good low dollar, low, low dollar front end offer. Um, you know, and what are you going to do with these different, different pieces that you pulled apart from your, your larger product? So, right. and, and this works in the service business as well. So if you're in a web, if you're a web designer, you know, you make your, your, your service is made up of smaller, you know, small chunks of, uh, and, and pieces like logo design which can be splintered off in the front end. And, and then a, and a piece of content could come from that. Like, um, here are the different color palettes that different, you know, verticals use. So these are the color palettes that are used in the health space. These are the color palettes that are used in the finance space. Okay. So, because, you know, that would be a useful piece of content, but incomplete, right? Cause they don't have the logo, but they know the color palette and they might be interested in that. That's a good front end piece for somebody that's selling First logo design, then eventually a full web design, maybe business cards. And- Glad you brought that up because if you're sitting there thinking, okay, you know, I don't have, now do I have to go out and create content, lead magnet, tripwire, all this stuff in case, you know, maybe you have a business where you're selling software and you've got, you're trying to get people to a, a call with a sales rep. Those, you know, y- your funnel doesn't have to be the, uh, exactly the same as the examples that we're giving. The key is to understanding the principle behind what we're talking about and creating splinters, creating blog content splinters and maybe different lead magnets in different ways, easier ways for people to be able to take action. Doesn't necessarily have to be exactly the same order that we talk about. All right. Step three. Step three is where we start thinking about, okay, we know what we're going to do here. We know what this is going to be about. And we start to think about well, how would this post lay out? You know, uh, how should this post lay out? What post type are we going to use? All right. So there's a lot of different ways to display content, format content to make it interesting. Um, and some of my favorites, the top two ones that, you know, probably don't require much explanation are the listicle and the how-to post. So listicle is literally just a list. And people, for whatever reason, and I'm guilty of it myself, just love lists. All right. So, and it's one of the easiest ways to put content together. So 
as a general rule, the longer the list is, the better, right? So, you know, to a, to a, to a point, but, um, you know, a little list of 10, uh, maybe not as interesting as a hundred or 101, right? So, um, you know, look for ways to create lists and people respond to lists. It's a great point. It's like one of my uh, coaching clients, a uh, Tom Breeze, who, who's one of the sharpest YouTube video ads guys that I know on the planet. And he's got a piece of content where he teaches 38 tips and uh, 38 YouTube video ad tips. And for him, it's been the best piece of content. It's been the most you know, engaged video, et cetera, et cetera, that he has kind of put out. And so he's creating some different content around that because it's worked in the past. But he noticed that the 38 was much better than other things that he's done with shorter lists. Exactly what you're saying, basically. Yeah, it's the BuzzFeed style. I mean, there are entire sites built on this concept of lists. Um, and, you know, so if, if you're a photographer in Chicago and, and you shoot wedding photography, you know, creating a list of the top 20 after wedding photo destinations in Chicago would be a great piece of content for somebody that you're looking to attract. They're, they're looking to get married, right? So they're going to want to have their after wedding photos and they're like, oh, the top 20 places to, to go and get my wedding pictures, right? And you create that as a post. That's a great piece of cheese for uh, attracting the type of person that, that you're looking for, which is somebody that's planning a wedding. Absolutely. And, and anyone can make lists, you know, we make grocery lists, we make to-do lists. So a really easy type of post to create. And if you guys are, are interested in, in seeing uh, visuals of these posts, definitely hop over to digital marketer forward slash podcast. Uh, so you can check them out sort of while Russ is, is talking about them. Yeah. So the second one is the how to, which is, you know, a lot of times that's going to be more appropriate for your business if you're, say, let's say you're a financial planner or something like that. And you're looking, you know, how to roll over a Roth IRA, how to plan for your retirement. Or in some spaces, a, a how-to would be a more appropriate than a listicle. Other post types that that you can use, one's called the content aggregator. All right. And I'll have examples, uh, like Molly said, over at digitalmarketer.com slash podcast. But um, if you look at the content aggregator is literally about finding other people's content that are already viral. We, we use a tool called BuzzSumo for this to go out there and find out what is already viral. So a lot of times we will combine the idea of a listicle with aggregation. So we, uh, for example, over at uh, DIYready.com, which is one of our blogs, we'll, we'll do something like, uh, the 30 best guacamole recipes. All right. So this is in the, in the home improvement slash, you know, craft space and they dig on recipes. So 30 best guacamole recipes. Well, we'll just go out to BuzzSumo, put in the term guacamole recipes and find the most viral content all over the web. It's already proven, right? It's already proven and it's not ours. We didn't have to write it. We didn't have to test the recipes and to do anything. We just go out and aggregate the best stuff already out there using a tool called BuzzSumo to put together the 30 best pieces of content for that content aggregator. The crowdsource post is, a, is another great post type to use. And that one is literally about asking a single question to three or more experts. All right. So Keith, you've done some of these with us at Digital Marketer where yep. uh, we will ask you a question about, for, for example, uh, the last one, this one really crushed it. What was it, Molly? How would six um, media buyers spend $10 a day in website traffic? 
Yep. Right. And so six different people answered, you know, that single question. The same question. Yeah, it's the same question. We pull it all together into one rich post from six different experts. So if you're in the fitness space and you're you want to do a post on, you know, building b- uh, bigger biceps or something like that, you can go out and say, okay, I have six fitness experts that I know in my network. I'm going to ask them all to give me their best bicep exercise. And you pull those six pieces together and now you have a really awesome blog post that you did very little to create because you sort of crowdsourced it, right? Many hands make light work. So the last one, uh, and this is one, this is probably the fastest way to put together high quality content. I call it the embed reactor. So the embed reactor, E-M-B-E-D. In other words, you go out and find something that is embeddable. It could be a YouTube video, a slide share, an infographic, anything that other people are creating that they want you to put on your site, right? That's what YouTube is. It's a place where you upload video and other people can embed it. Slide share is the same way. Um, and you go out there and you find something that's already popular, you know, something with a massive amount of views. You embed it on your site. Let's say it's a, a, a video. You embed that YouTube video and then you react to it underneath. So you say, you know, here's my analysis on this. And it could just be a couple of lines. Um, the last one I did, I put a, a video up from uh, Rand Fishkin at, at SEO Moz. I didn't agree with something that he had said in his Whiteboard Friday video. I embedded it. I gave my analysis of what Rand was talking about in there and how I felt about it. And, um, and then that was the post. All right. But you don't have to, you know, you've already found something that is already viral. It's already popular. You're just embedding it on your site and then reacting to it underneath. So those are five really great post types to be using on the front end, the listicle, the how to, the content aggregator, the crowdsource post or the embed reactor. Awesome, Russ. And those are easy to create. And again, digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast will give you some visuals of those different post types. Yep. Amazing. Now, basically what you've done here, Russ, is you've given us the the first three steps, the most important part of how to find what piece of content to create, okay, and how to really plan that, that epic content out the right way that will not only indoctrinate people, but more importantly, will transition them into taking the next action that you want them to take. So what I want you to do if you're listening right now is please, after this episode, go out and create that document and start with step one and work your way down all the way to step three with what's what's the call to action, what are the points of the belief, um, all the way through step one and then to step two and consider a splinter if that will work with you or you know maybe it won't, maybe it will. And then of course, figure out what post type you're gonna create. Maybe you're gonna create one or two so you can start to work on you know the second one. But basically you're going to get that done so you have the entire plan and of course on the last two episodes we talked about what audience to put that content in front of so you're ready to go and on the next episode russ is going to take you through steps four five and six which show you exactly what to put into that piece of content how to structure it the right way where to add the hooks in the right places how to edit it so people will consume the entire piece of content and really how to get them to take action on your calls to action. So Russ, once again, thank you, dude, for bringing so, like, just so many knowledge bombs in. And, and I, I know if you're, if you're like yeah. me out there, like, I'm like, already, I've been taking notes and like, I've already got this like list of stuff that I'm ready to <laughs> implement on my end. So 
I'm pretty stoked. I appreciate it, dude. Big time. This was fun. Thanks for having me on. All right, cool. So come back for part two on the next episode. Russ will be taking you through the last three steps to really create epic content that will give you the maximum amount of traffic and the maximum amount of ROI on all of your paid traffic. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. 